Welcome to the Stock Music Licensing Podcast, the number one resource for creating passive income selling stock music online. I'm your host, Daniel Carrizales, and I'm here to help you monetize your compositions. All right, welcome to episode 44 of the Stock Music Licensing Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today we have a very special episode. I want to talk to you about the fastest way to earn more money with your stock music. And this is something that is always uh, in the back of my head and and, and I get always uh, messages about how can I start earning money? How can I start selling more? Uh, I'm still not selling. That's very common for, for newcomers or for beginners. Uh, and still, it could be much, much worse. It could be I'm still getting rejected, especially on Audio Jungle. And and I, I can't see really the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I've been there. I've suffered from all of this and more, actually beyond that. So I want you to know that you're not alone in this. And that's why I want to share with you today the fastest way to, to start earning money and, and, and to grow, really, as a music composer and, uh, and have some kind of... a a strategy to really uh, get regular payments on a on a monthly basis, and even on a weekly basis. There's libraries out there that they pay you on a weekly basis if you manage to reach that threshold of a payout. But before we get into the content of this episode, as always, this episode is brought to you by Stock Music Licensing Academy. If you want to learn more about the Academy, go to stockmusiclicensing.com, click Academy, and learn about my premium course, The Ultimate Stock Music Masterclass. Go and read all the testimonials of all the talented composers like yourself that have taken the course. Follow a step-by-step blueprint in order for them to get the music in places like Pond5 and Audio Jungle and beyond and start earning money by selling stock music online. So let's dive in right away into the topic of this uh, episode. So what's the fastest way to grow your income selling stock music online? And these are gonna be three simple tips. If you are a complete beginner, this is gonna help you a lot. You probably have heard me uh, preach a lot about these topics before but this is gonna be a very practical uh, episode. And if you are already experienced, you can start implementing this in your own uh, strategy to, to start earning more money, okay, with your stock music online. Tip number one, compose more music and to compose all the edits. All of these edits are gonna help you to earn more, especially on different libraries where you can sell these uh, edits as individual files. This is pretty much the bread and butter of my income on Pond5. I sell more edits than full versions of those tracks. Now, I have shared many, many times before that I sell a lot of uh, stingers, uh, bumpers, uh, 15-second edits, uh, 30-second edits, even loop versions of my uh, full version music tracks. So this is something that it took me a long time to realize. And what I mean by that is that it took me a long time to learn how to do these edits, I really ignored this aspect of production music for the longest time. And this is a very good skill that you need to have under your belt because when you want to go in the future and approach bigger uh, libraries or much more boutique, if you will, uh, libraries, higher-end libraries, they're going to tell you, they're going to be asking you to do 60-second, 30-second, and 15-second edits. This is kind of like a norm when it comes down to production music libraries, and that's why it's a good idea to get in the habit of doing these edits uh, earlier on in your career. It's a very good idea to start doing this now, and not only are you going to get practice, and, and this is what I specialize on my course, 
And I really take pride on that because when I started doing these edits myself, I couldn't find anything out there. So it's one of the, the, the yes, my plug or, or my selling point with my course is pretty much I, that's a whole module uh, where I break down exactly how to do these edits. And I take an enormous pride on that, all right? So, but the, the most important thing is that you can learn how to do these edits uh, earlier on in your career. Don't be like me, that I waited like two years <laughs> and I still didn't know how to do this and I completely ignored them, okay? In the beginning, I was just doing edits randomly. It could be like 40-second edits or whatever. It didn't really matter. I was just doing random edits and not knowing that there's a certain uh, length, there are pretty much standard length in, in broadcasting and in commercials or advertisement that... It, it, they're very specific, okay? That's why 60 seconds, 30 seconds, and 15 seconds is kind of like a standard uh, when it comes down to broadcast length of edits. And the main thing is that not only you will have the skill under your belt and you will know how to do these edits with your music tracks, but you will have more files and you can start selling those files on point five on, on different libraries, you can sell them individually, okay? And and But I mentioned point five because it's where I get... Uh, most of my revenues is because of those edits. And, and this has been a real eye-opening experience for me. That's why I preach about it. That's why I try to teach others how to do these edits. That's why I advise for you to, to do them and to upload them uh, to Pond5. And, and on Audio Jungle, which is the other uh, big library, you cannot sell them separately, but you sell them as a, with the original version or with a full version. So it will be like the full version, and then you will have the other edits. Now, on Audio Jungle, you only have uh, a maximum of, of five different variations with one particular music track. So what does this mean? What it means is that you will have your full version or the original music track. Let's say that that music track is two minutes in length, and that's your full-blown uh, instrumental track. And then you have uh, another edit, which could be the 60-second edit or the 30-second edit, the 15-second edit. So that means that you will have, number one, the full version, number two, 60-second, number three, it will be the 30-second, and number four uh, will be the 15-second, okay? So now you have one more version or another edit, and usually you can put like a stinger or a bad version, if you will, or a looper, okay, or a loop uh, version. So that's the only downside of uh, Audio Jungle that you cannot keep adding edits. So the customer, when they go and see your track, they will see like, okay, I get the full version plus I get other four uh, different edits. And it's up to you to decide uh, which edits are you going to include. I usually include the 60, the 30, and the 15 second edit, and then I will add either a stinger. Or, or a loop version. A lot of our video editors like to have a, a seamless loop a version of the music track, so that could help. So in Audio Jungle, you could be perceived as a more value for 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 that uh, for the client. They, they can see like, okay, I can buy this music track and I get five different uh, versions or five different edits, which is including the main version. Tip number two, join different libraries. So you hear me here talking about Audio Jungle and Pond5. It's just because those two are like the real big ones when it comes down to stock music. Pond5 is huge, okay? The amount of customers that they have. They really specialize on, on stock video and, and photography. That's what they do. But they are a marketplace where they have as well other assets. And, and music just happens to be one of them. And it's the same with uh, Envato Market. 
they do specialize on a lot of uh, web uh, thingies and you know templates and whatnot. They have a lot of uh, stock photos and stock uh, videos, and Audio Jungle just happens to be the the audio section of it, if you will. So they're both marketplaces, but they're really really big. They have a lot of traffic on a, on a daily basis and and a lot of customers. So that's why I I really advise newcomers and even experience. I have experienced uh, musicians and composers who are doing very well in uh, production music libraries, working with uh, higher-end libraries, and only quite recently they found out that they could sell their music on Pond5. And I have mentioned this before many, many times, that there are so usually uh, two types of composers, ones that do uh, only uh, stock music and, and royalty-free libraries, and the other ones who do uh, production music only, and then, but then there's a third one, and that's where you want to be, <laughs> be a hybrid of it, which is what I've learned from my mentors. You do everything, okay? But we cannot ignore stock music. There's a lot of uh, content out there by fellow composers and fellow uh, musicians and producers that are in the same space, and they are doing very well with their uh, music licensing career, and they're teaching as well. But the mistake that they're doing is that they're uh, advising you to not do royalty-free music because it's cheap and it's devalued in the marketplace or you're not making much money with it. That's a terrible mistake and it's a terrible advice. And I get comments on my YouTube channel about this uh, even now more than ever because I'm trying to educate people that there's no such a thing as this is good or bad. And, and we're talking about as well not only royalty-free music but subscription, all right? I just joined a few libraries uh, this week. I'll share more with you about this in the future episodes. All of them, absolutely all of them, have a subscription. So subscriptions are not going anywhere. These are uh, libraries that are really, really popular in the licensing world. They're brand new as well. And again, I'll reveal more about these uh, music libraries that I'm joining. But as I'm looking to to submit my music and you know share my catalog and so they can see if I'm, I'm a good fit or whatever, and if my music is up to the part, I notice that the first thing you see on their website is like just join as a client, and it says uh, unlimited downloads for a fee on a monthly basis. Absolutely, all of these libraries have now a subscription base uh, plan in place. So if you're a composer and you don't agree with it, then just don't join. Now, if you're a composer and a, and a music producer as well and you're an educator and you want to say that this is wrong or that this is not good or this is bad, then you're living under a rock or you're living in your own world because this is the reality of the marketplace. I also shared in my uh, one of my latest uh, YouTube videos uh, some uh, market research about the future of stock music. Now, I'm not talking about production music per se. I'm talking about the market research on stock music, royalty-free libraries. And they did this market research of different uh, companies, uh, including Pond5 and Audio Jungle, or Envato uh, Market, I should say, Shutterstock and other ones. Musicbed was there as well. And, and, and uh, there's a, a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, of companies, and they're talking about the growth of the stock music world, the royalty-free library world, and uh, from 2020 to 2024, and how much is going to be growing or the projection based on whatever studies uh, they do. Okay, and these studies, these are places where they do studies on different marketplaces based based on trends and what they see. Blah 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 blah, boring stuff. But I share this because it's really important for you as a composer and as a producer to know that you might be listening to, to other people talking about that subscription is bad and is, that's going to kill the market. And actually, it's the opposite. 
that's what's going to keep the market growing and that's what's going to keep the revenue coming in. You as a composer, you have to decide if you want to jump in or you want to be left out. Simple as that. And the, so, the same a study about the marketplace was saying that uh, royalty-free libraries have grown and because it's so affordable, okay, it's just something that uh, the, the, the YouTuber, the independent filmmaker, people that want to have access to quick music in a, a very affordable way are going to go more to places like Pond5 and Audio Jungle to license music. They serve a purpose in the music licensing world. And this is what I've been preaching here. So other educators, other people in this space are saying that this is bad, that is at the bottom of the, uh, is at the bottom to the race, race to the bottom or whatever, blah, 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 blah. We only license with boutique libraries that work with five composers and only uh, a small secret society of composers know about this. And I can't really tell you about these libraries because you have to do your own research. And there's no such a thing as a library, blah, 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 blah. It's such a boring thing. I'm fed up with this. Now, what I'm here to tell you is that you can start making money with your royalty-free libraries, with stock music, with your music, before you go and approach higher-end libraries, which, by the way, you can approach them, okay? And this takes a longer time. It's a longer process. But in the meantime, you're already practicing. In the meantime, you're already getting your foot in the door of music licensing, okay? And you don't have to compose only 10 tracks and submit it to some boutique library and see what happens after six months that you have submitted that, and hopefully you hear something from them, okay? That's a way to do it. That's how you do it with boutique libraries and with uh, higher-end libraries. But there's no need to wait for that, man. You need to start earning money yesterday, especially in these hard times, okay? But you have to always be submitting music. You have to always uh, be approaching uh, new libraries. I did my, my fair bit in the beginning, and now I'm joining even more. Okay, and these are all stock music libraries. These are music libraries that are really up and coming. They're they're looking always for music. They're always with this subscription model as well in place. So they want music. You want your music to be sold. You want your music to be licensed. They are non-exclusive, which is the best. This is another thing that you hear a lot. Only exclusive libraries will survive. It's not the case, Matt. But when you're starting out and when you want to build your catalog, and to be quite frank, you want to get paid, you have to compose one music track, and that one music track, you put it everywhere. Test the market. Non-exclusivity is the way to go, especially in the beginning. Later on, when you have some money coming in, when you have built your catalog, you have a body of work to show. That's the other thing, that before you start earning, um, before you start applying to different libraries, you need to have something online. You need to have a catalog. You need to have a body of work. You need to be able to know how to do these edits. You need to know how to really uh, get, get around your music production. You need to really know what you're good at. Find your voice as a composer. You can only do that in the real world, okay? You're not going to do it by yourself with your DAW. And, and that's it. You need to really submit that music and really get rejected or get accepted and start making sales and practice. Join new libraries all the time. The same music tracks that you have on Pond5, submit that to Audio Jungle on a non-exclusive basis. Okay? Those same music tracks, go and join another library. All right? Motion Element, v Music, all of this, you can do them on a non-exclusive basis. So there's no need to compose music that is going to be exclusive to Audio Jungle or to Pond5. That's a big mistake. I did that mistake in the beginning. 
I was doing well in Audio Jungle when I, as an exclusive author. I was earning a little bit more just because I was an exclusive author. But then as soon as the, the sales uh, stopped or they started to decline quite quickly, I said, there's no way I'm going to have 500 music tracks in this library like this. So I changed my account to non-exclusive and took all of those tracks, made some edits, I tweaked them around, and I put them all on uh, Pond5. When I say I tweaked them around, I mean that I did some hardcore editing because some of those music tracks didn't have edits. So I said, not only am I going to take them out of Audio Jungle and put them in Pond5, I'm going to do the edits. I'm going to actually multiply. So I will take one music track from Audio Jungle. I will do five, seven, eight different edits of that music track, and I will put it on, on Pond5 on a non-exclusive basis as well, obviously. And that meant that from one track that I will take from my Audio Jungle uh, exclusive account that I changed to a non-exclusive account, now I have eight tracks. And that's the way I multiply my track count and my catalog grew a little bit uh faster, if you will. And to this day, I have more tracks on Pond5 than in Audio Jungle because of this, because I have different edits and I sell them individually. So that's just a little tactic and a little bit of a hack, if you will, that I did uh, back in the day just to multiply my catalog and to start earning more. And there's where this whole thing came to play in Pond5. I made all these edits and then I started to sell them to the point that I was selling more and still true to this day, uh, I, I sell more edits than, than individual uh, music tracks on full versions of, of uh, on Pond5. So this is a very important lesson for you to, to learn, okay, and to really uh, start doing that from day one. And if you are an experienced composer and you're already on Pond5 and Audio Jungle, you can still apply these tactics when it comes down to earning more and growing faster on royalty-free libraries. Tip number three, the fastest way to grow and to earn more online by selling your music on royalty-free libraries is by pricing your music at a higher point. I cannot stress this enough. There are libraries where music are, are being sold at a very cheap, very lower uh, end of the, the scale, if you will, and you cannot control that, okay? But if you really want to start earning more, you need to price your music at a higher price ticket, okay? Like 47 and 50 quid. This is very, very important. Now, you might say it's too much for my music. Somebody might not buy my music, but you are not your customer, okay? You're the composer. So you cannot see it from the point of view of the customer. The, co the customer is willing to pay $50 for the right music track, okay? They're not looking around. They're not shopping around, seeing if you have that same music track in, I don't know, Melody Loops or V-Fine Music, okay, which is in a different currency altogether, so you cannot control that. So if I, I upload my music track on VFI Music, which is a Chinese uh, website or library, they have their own pricing, and it's all in Chinese currency. I cannot control that. I don't know how much it is. All I know is that I see that they have different licenses, and when I sell a track, I can see, okay, it's a, it's a license for, it's a standard license or whatever. They, they have those uh, definitions for, for the different uh, tiers, if you will meaning that it could be a standard license and then there's like a broadcast license and then there's like a bigger license which is like all for, for unlimited uh, audience uh, reach, if you will, uh, or usage, as you say. But you cannot control that. I cannot say in a V5 Music, my, my track is worth $40, you know, but on Pond5, I can price my own tracks, all right? And that's fantastic. On Audio Jungle, this is something new, well, new that it meaning that it's been going on for a few years now, but... In the beginning, when I first started, it wasn't available for us to upload to to really decide what price you wanna price your music. So you will see all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, I have tracks there for very cheap, but they're I consider them 
so crap that I can, I don't know, delete them to a point that I'm actually ashamed to have them on my portfolio there. But what I've done is that I have put them very cheap. And yes, I have played that game of having them for $5. And there's always somebody that wants something for free. There will always be somebody like that. There will always be somebody that wants something for very, very cheap money. And they and they have bought it, okay? From $5, I think I earned like $1 out of that sale. It's nothing, okay? But I have it there just to stimulate, I guess, the traffic to my site, to my to my catalog on Audio Jungle, and as well to make it some use. I made that track back in 2014. It's, it's so bad. I'm ashamed to even have it there, but I don't want to delete it. So I will price that. I mean, it's buried in the audio jungle. <laughs> jungle, okay? So it's deep down in the jungle. So I have done that, okay? But I will never, ever compose a brand new music track today, upload it to audio jungle, and price it for $5. I mean, I won't do that. And I have most of my catalog on audio jungle is $47 and $49. And you have to do that because out of that sale, you will get some, some return per sale. Okay, now that same music track, I have it on Envato Elements and they can download it for next to pennies. I cannot control the download uh, income on Envato Elements, which is a subscription uh, thingy that they have with Envato uh, Marketplace. So here's very, this is where it gets really interesting. One music track is being sold for $47 on my catalog on Audio Django. That same music track inside the same marketplace can be downloaded for next to pennies in Envato Elements by somebody who is part of the subscription. All right, so it's available for two people, so for two different types of customers. Okay, the customer that is subscribed to Envato Elements, they download music and they don't necessarily buy individual tracks. But then there's the other customer who doesn't want to pay a monthly fee with Envato Elements, but they're willing to pay the money for the right music track a one-time uh, fee, if you will. Uh, not only that, but if you sell your standard license for $47, the next tier up is going to be much more. And mine is $97. And I'm always above the recommended price of uh, Audio Jungle. Audio Jungle gives you a recommended price when you upload your music track. I go way above that because I know that the customer wants to pay more. Okay. The customer wants to pay more for something that is good quality, and your music better be good quality. <laughs> Mine is. Maybe back in the day it wasn't, but today it is, and I make sure that I price accordingly. And I sell the music. I actually had a quite recent big license uh, being sold to ITV uh, Networks. ITV is uh, a channel in the UK, for those of you who don't live in the UK. And this was a bigger license. But the bigger license means that I price, if my standard license is $47, that means that the next one up uh, is $97, which gives you a little bit of more of a uh, reach that you can be used for a bigger audience. The next one up is $299. And the biggest one, which is like the broadcast film license, is like $597 or something like that, which is way above what Audio Django recommends. Okay? But... You have to do this. You want to position yourself in the higher uh, tier because it will be perceived by the customer as higher quality. Okay? There's no need to go for $5. Even $20 is cheap. And I know that this might be a little bit uncomfortable for you, but you have to try it. 
and you will see that you will get more money per sale and you will start earning more and you will be growing faster and you will feel confident about yourself and say, my music is worth that. And you can see other people doing it. So why not associate yourself with composers who are already selling the music at a higher tier price? My mentors do it, okay? One of them are selling it for $70 on Pond5. And I have spoken with people inside the business. I have spoken with music library owners about pricing and the type of customers that will go and pay for that money for, for a music track. $50 is a standard pu- uh, price for a music track. Go to, go to premium beats. Everything there is pretty much $50. You know? And I don't see any difference in the terms of quality what the music that they have on premium beats that they have on Pond5. Okay? Uh, the same guys that I see on Pond5, I have seen them on, on premium beats. Okay, the quality could be a little bit higher, but who cares? It's the same marketplace. It's the same thing. The same kind of music licensing uh, model. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing this. Okay? Price your music higher. Okay? Feel uncomfortable that you feel like, okay, I'm, uh, will I pay this amount of money for your music? Well, of course not, because you're not your customer. You are not your customer. You are the composer. So you're not in the customer's mind to think if that's too much or not. All you need to know is that there's somebody else doing it. And, and that somebody else is me and, and my, my, my mentors. And there, there's plenty out there that are doing this as well. So anyways, to recap very quickly, the best way, the fastest way to grow and to earn more from your stock music on royalty-free libraries is, number one, to compose more music, of course, and to compose music tracks, not only that they're going to be sellable, okay, or they're going to be uh, licensable, to compose more music with the edits. That's tip number one. Tip number two is to always be joining new libraries on a non-exclusive basis. And tip number three is to price your music as high as possible. The pricing, the recommended price for a stock music track is between $15 and $50. That's a big range to play around with. So be brave and go all the way to the top immediately. Again, thanks a lot for all the love and support. Thanks for all the messages. Thanks for subscribing to this podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes uh, so it can help this podcast be found by other composers like yourself. Share it with somebody uh, on social media. If you're listening to this, please take a screenshot and share it on your stories on Instagram and tag me at Daniel Carrizales. Uh, all the, the links and all the information and all the show notes are in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for all the love and support, for the emails, the messages. It really means the world to me. Thank you so much. And as always, rock and roll. And here's to your success. <laughs>